Thanks for tuning in to this Black Girl Nerds Podcast Extra. My name is Jamie and I am your host. This episode is solely dedicated to X-Men Apocalypse. You asked for it, we're giving it to you. We're going to cover everything in this film to what is problematic about Brian Singer films to what we actually enjoyed and what were some interesting takeaways for us when we left the theater. So I decided to partner up with some of our great podcast hosts. That includes Karan, KB, and Kayla. And we have this really great discussion surrounding X-Men Apocalypse, which some of you guys have probably seen already. And if you have not seen X-Men Apocalypse yet, just be aware that there are spoilers that are dropped in this discussion. So maybe you want to check it out at the movie theaters, or maybe you're like, you know what? I'm going to save my money, listen to the podcast instead. Either way, it's up to you, but just giving you that forewarning before you listen in. And also, if you have seen X-Men Apocalypse and you also have very strong opinions of the film, give us a comment on SoundCloud. Let us know what your thoughts were and what your takeaways was from the film. And also, we're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. So on iTunes, give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. And also do that on Stitcher Radio. Those things matter in the podcast space. So I always have to say that. And finally, we are asking for your support via Patreon. Patreon is a space where you, the fan, support us, the content creators. These podcasts take up a lot of our resources and time, and we want to be able to support everybody involved in the process. So go to patreon.com forward slash black girl nerds. And thank you to everyone who has supported us so far. So sit back, relax, and take a listen to X-Men Apocalypse Discussion here on a Black Girl Nerds Podcast Extra. Enjoy! Welcome to this special Black Girl Nerds Podcast Extra, where we are talking about all things related to X-Men Apocalypse. One of the most anticipated hot takes, um, because a lot of folks on Twitter, a lot of folks have been emailing me and just asking, hey, Jamie, are you going to talk about X-Men Apocalypse? So we have carved out a special show just for you guys on all things related to this film that premiered last weekend. I am so happy to have our panel, which includes Karan, KB, and Kayla. Thank you, ladies, so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. All right. So um, where do we begin with X-Men Apocalypse? So X-Men Apocalypse just premiered on Friday, May 27th, and came with some very polarizing hot takes and reviews. And even before the film premiered, there was already some some opinions that were made in a lot of critics' minds about the film. And not really that favorable. So I want to start with the very first question, and, and we'll go in this order. We'll go in the order of Karan, KV, and Kayla. What did you enjoy most about X-Men Apocalypse? And what did you enjoy the least? Or hate? <laughs> Hate is a good word. Um, what did I enjoy I, the most? The thing I enjoyed the most were the special effects. I did see the movie in 3D. I thought it was um, very well done. Uh, when I go see, I'm addicted to 3D movies now, but I prefer IMAX because I'm an elitist. Um, I think when it comes to 3D movies, you have a, a couple different categories. You have the ones that are so over the top they give you a headache and you have the others that just try too hard or don't try hard enough. 
Um, but this one was kind of in a sweet spot when it came to the special effects. It wasn't too much. It was just enough to give you that, yeah. So um, I really enjoyed the special effects the most. The sequences were really beautifully done. Um, what did I enjoy the least? Hmm. <laughs> Do we need another show just for that? <laughs> we, we might. Um, you know, I'm I'm really tired of spending money to see the same shit over and over. Mm. It really was the exact same tone, the exact same exclusion of women in power, the exact same objectification of women being and being reduced to eye candy. They had no purpose. Storm is one of the strongest characters in the Marvel universe. And while I think Alexandra, I don't know, Alexandra, Alexandria, um, Alexandra. Alexandra, while I think Alexandra is beautiful and she is quite talented and you can see the obvious effort in in her work, the role did not do her justice. The role didn't do any of us justice. I'm pissed because they have taken all the power from the storm. And then, you know, um, my girl, Psylocke. Hmm. Oh. The straps were cool, but I'm really tired of seeing strong women doing nothing more than standing with their legs apart. It, I'm over it. I, I just, you didn't even get the fullness of understanding who she was, and you never heard her name. You didn't hear her name once. So I, I think it was really gross. I think it was kind of dumb, but it was beautiful. It was really beautiful and um my daughter is in love with evan so she wanted me to mention that but outside of that i just the story is not complete without the fullness of the women's characters you know jubilee come on dude jubilee an asian character this was a this is a well-loved character who was reduced to five lines and a smile i'm over it i'm so I hated a lot. Overall, was I entertained? I was probably entertained more by the wait staff in the movie theater than I was by the actual movie. So, and they overcharged me. So that tells you a lot. Okay, so uh, KB here. Um, I actually just have to say that I will agree wholeheartedly with Karan. I mean, I felt like the movie had lots of potential. Um, I always loved seeing Michael Fassbender as Magneto. You know, it was good to get some additional backstory on him, even if it was heartbreaking, and even if we clearly always see him in pain, film after film. Um, I think that (laughs) (laughs) Jean Grey was really good. I actually thought that it was nice to see a woman owning her powers in the film. Um, And Quicksilver. Yeah, I like Quicksilver. I think Quicksilver was awesome. I'll agree that the stunts were good. But for me, was I thoroughly entertained overall i'm gonna say no was i bored yes um yes. there wasn't enough wolverine and hmm. just to piggyback off of what, what um, was that? I, I was like there was like two seconds with him and then he moved on so i don't know what that was about um and then just to piggyback off what karan and and uh was saying about psylocke and storm i actually literally wrote down in my notes they said nothing i was really thinking to myself Wait, have I watched 45 minutes of this movie and I still haven't heard either of them say a word? Like, mm. 
<laughs> like, mm. what? what is happening here? And did they really just get up and follow this man blindly? No questions were asked. You know, I mean, they at least did the angle where Magneto asked questions before he followed this godlike figure. But the women didn't say anything. They just followed him. They just walked away. They barely spoke. And they clearly were used as more, you know, used virtually as just eye candy only than the strong and powerful and outspoken and dangerously good women and female characters that they are. And so that was really heartbreaking because I was like, um, you have Storm here, you have Psylocke. They're both equally incredible women and they have so much to show. And we saw nothing. Nothing at all. I, I'd say not even like a fifth of what they're known for or capable of. Or the actresses themselves. They're both yeah. very talented. Right. And you didn't even get to see them engage in anything. And I was like, um, are we serious right now? Like, <laughs> so yeah, um, I definitely say that the bad outweighed the good for me in this film. Um, and like Ron said, it really was just like watching the same thing over and over again. And if these movies are supposed to be a trilogy, I definitely didn't get that feel. <laughs> it was basically like the same standalone version as the one before, which was the same standalone version as the one before. Mm -hmm. um, to me, it didn't move the story in any direction. Like, I mean, I really, I was like, why am I watching this at one point? So, yeah. Well, I liked Nightcrawler. I'm not going to lie. I did like that. I liked his, he was very um, Alan Cumming-esque in that mm -hmm. role, and I loved that, um, which means he did his research. And, of course, everybody – I don't know one person that hates Evan Peters. Like, somebody cast him in a new version of A Clockwork Orange so I can get my life. Um, but I <sighs> – I am so incredibly bored by Jennifer Lawrence now. Oh, God. That I, I and that's the thing, I, I really enjoyed her. And then she started getting shoved down my throat. And then she got cocky. And then people kept telling her, you're so amazing in these mediocre roles. Um, Girl. So I, I wish that Chloe Moretz was older because she'd be the perfect mystique to me. Um, but I'm so bored of the, the camera time and she's just this this beauteous person that everyone should look up to and the exposition that the two white women characters got this entire story arc in the most lines pissed me the hell off. You had Jean and you had Mystique that just had all the words and you silenced the superheroes of color and it doesn't sit well with me um it, I, i'm just not i'm not thrilled with it um so really i mean because we could go all day about how those two characters got more over psylocke and storm it, it was just a little bit too much um i really did not care to find out how scott and Jean fell in love we know this and it's creepy to me that, you know, Wolverine loves Jean. That scene made me very uncomfortable. I, I don't know if anybody else was uncomfortable with, oh, um, she's going to help Wolverine and touch his face. And he's going to love her when she's older. And she's, like, young now. like, And he's, like, ancient. Like, it made me very uncomfortable, too. So 
there's so much wrong with the movie and I mean like little things bother me like they kept calling Angel Angel that's not Angel that's Archangel thank you thank you so I'm like Angel doesn't have the metal wings call it what it is so when you know people want to say oh well you know that character no that's not Angel he is Angel but in this storyline that's not who he is so get it right and I you know that whole thing where these people these men these directors keep saying well I'm making the movie for myself and this is how I see it because they're catering to themselves and their ego instead of actually doing the work and trying to please the audience I'm over it so for me um I went into this movie with extremely low expectations I have been watching the X-Men films since it started, X-Men 2000, when I went in that movie theater and saw that film with all of the black suits, Halle Berry as a storm that has a wavering accent, I, I just knew that this was not going to be the X-Men that I know. Um, so I, I never came into this film with the expectation that it was going to be great. And I think that helped because when I left the theater, it really wasn't that bad as what the critics were penning it as and what folks on social media um, came away with it. Um, as far as what I enjoyed most about the film, I actually really did like Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse. Um, I know that that is the minority opinion I've, I've noticed on social media, but I thought he did a fantastic job. No, it's not the apocalypse that we remember from the 90s cartoon. No, it's not the apocalypse that we remember from the comics. And yes, he should have been very big and very tall and statuesque and not the same height as Magneto. I, I totally get that. But um, I just thought overall his, his demeanor, his uh, facial expressions, even his voice, you know, I, I missed that 90s um, X-Men voice, but even the voice, I, I just thought he pulled it off very well. Quicksilver, loved him. He, he did a great job in Days of Future Past and was consistent in this film. So um, I, I love, I forget the actor's name that plays him, but he, he did a great job. Evan. Evan Peters, that's right. I think Evan Peters should just be Quicksilver in MCU as well, um, even though Quicksilver's dead in MCU. And then Alexandra Shipp as Storm. I, again, came in with some some low expectations and that she surprised me. Her accent was amazing and it felt refreshing to actually hear a Storm that sounds like what Aurora Monroe mm -hmm. should sound like. So she did a fantastic job of doing that. And there was some nitpicking of folks on social media saying, are you sure that that's an Egyptian accent? And is she supposed to have a Kenyan accent? She's got an accent. It sounds good. Okay. I, I, I thought she did a really great job. As far as the things that I did not like, the marginalization of women of color is just a consistent thing in the Brian Singer universe. It's really a travesty. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's even aware of how bad it looks for him as a filmmaker that your legacy is surrounded by the fact that you push all of your white actors in the forefront and all of your POC actors in the background. And you gave us this very false idea that somehow or another Jubilee and Psylocke and Storm were going to have some meaty roles and Jubilee had nothing. Uh, we didn't see any of her powers. Um, she was an afterthought in the film. And uh, I think he had done an interview saying that Jubilee fans are really going to love this film. And like, n 
Jubilee fans are pissed at you right now. <laughs> That's what Jubilee fans are. Yeah. And then Storm, I, again, I don't know what it is about these films and Storm being scared all of the time. They did this in X2, where she was afraid to fly a freaking plane. And now there was that scene between Apocalypse and and she's like in the background and hiding and, and looking frightened. And I'm like, why are you doing this? This is not who Aurora Monroe is. She's a badass. And she's an alpha mutant, which, again, that's mm-hmm. that's the problem. Like, you guys think that she's not, you know, capable of taking on Apocalypse when she's very capable. She could have done exactly what Jean did. And then J-Law's Mystique. I agree with you, Kayla. I'm so bored with her. She is just, there's nothing compelling about her as an actress. And I, I don't want to, like, you know, put her down, but it, it just, there's nothing compelling about her role as Mystique. Um, I think she's a great actress in the Hunger Games films as Katniss, but I just don't see her in this role and why they had Mystique without the blue makeup um, when she's supposed to be embracing her identity as a mutant. And I I will forever say that these movies showing Mystique as a blue body instead of having a costume is just beyond me. We finally saw the costume at the very last scene, but folks that have never picked up an X-Men comic book a day in their life will never realize that Mystique actually has a costume wardrobe, you know. So that's that's very disconcerting to me as, as a fan. So those are the things that I liked and did not like about the movie. My next question for you guys are about the criticism. There's like this, seems like there's this mob mentality, especially on social media, when it comes to comic book movies as of late. You either have to really love it or you have to hate it with a vengeance, with a passion. Do you think that the criticism that this film received was fair? Why or why not? I think the criticism was fair. Um, And a couple of reasons why. Because we expected the erasure of people of color. Because it wasn't just the women. It wasn't just Jubilee. It was also Apocalypse. We saw his face for five minutes. That was it. We didn't get his backstory. We got a snippet of the event that created him, but we didn't get his backstory. Um, and, and unfortunately, that is the legacy of Singer. That is his legacy. So I think it's unfortunate that that's actually expected at this point. I think also the criticism about the movie, um, we need some fresh meat in the writer's room, seriously, because that script was whack. It was whack. There's no... It, in all, And I have a lot of words in my... In my Universe in, in, in my universe, the best I can come up with is that script was whack. It, you cannot continue to offer up fireworks with nothing to support it. It just falls flat every single time. And I think at this point, you know, they need to get the message. Your fan base is speaking loud and clear and they are realizing and noticing and putting you on notice that you're not listening. The authenticity, the the energy, e- even the 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 originality of these characters is being lost in their ego bullshit. Yeah. Um. So I definitely think that the criticism was warranted. Um. I think the script was very one dimensional and one sided. Um. I think going in, you know. For the next film, they really, really need to um, 
kind of readjust what they do in the writer's room. Um, I definitely think that the criticism, a lot of it comes from sidelining, you know, the superheroes of color and offering no real backstory on them. And, um, you know, you guys mentioned Jennifer Lawrence. And, and for me, I think that she has chosen good roles in the past. I think she's performed well in some of those roles. Um, but I think her contribution to this film was basic, really limited. Um, but to be honest, I think that a lot of that has to do with the writing. And, you know, um, I think that Storm had a really like had the, the opportunity to be something great in this film but really couldn't be because of the writing. And I think that uh, the writing really hindered a lot of the things that the actors could do. And um, yeah, so I, I just definitely think that this film, um, I like you, Jamie, I went in with super low expectations um, and my low expectations were right. I'm glad I had those low expectations. I would be pissed if I had high hopes and this is what I received because it was just a subpar film all the way around. I think the criticism was very fair. Um, and I think it also comes down to, you, I, I agree with the writers. Um, but the, I also, I want some diversity in these, uh, director seats for these X-Men movies. Um, I'm sick of getting a white man story every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting a little boring. Um, and you have so many, women who are directors who love these stories that would love to just get their hands on this. Lexi Alexander would be amazing, but no one's there. These studios aren't taking that risk because they don't want to. Um, and they're missing out. So I, you know, you, especially with storm, they gave storm. I was, and it was so disappointing. Um, the, that, uh, just her, I'm looking up to mystique. She's looking up to this, woman this white woman i get it but then at the same time i'm like you she storm was her own person that's why we all connected with her and you you took her down so uh, the writers the directing all the criticism is very fair and you know brian singer stands by his choices um and he's gonna (laughs) All I can tell is the next person that's in charge of doing all these X-Men movies, look at this this set that, that has passed and look at Batman vs. Superman, and that's not how you do a superhero movie. That's not how you cater to your audience. So, yes, the criticism that I have seen has been very fair, and I went into it thinking this is going to be bad. Um, and I kind of came out of it a little bit like you, Jamie, like, oh, it's all right. It's just very cheesy. Mm-hmm. very 80s and there was a lot of very cheesy 80s jokes that after a while I'm like all right enough we hey 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 <laughs> and that's, I love <laughs> I love all of those but they overdid it it was oversaturated with oh by the way this movie is set in the 80s we yes but you can also do more with your exposition and that was just lazy writing lazy directing and it showed Cause that's like the movie didn't feel like it, like you said, it didn't go anywhere. Like at the end mm-hmm. of the movie, I was like, where, where, so what's supposed to happen next in the next one? What? Okay. I right. guess, it, you know, it just didn't make any sense to me. So uh, they, it's all over the place. It's um, like 
they make these movies the way you do brainstorming when you're getting ready to write when you're in school. And they just made the movie based on the brainstorming sheet. They didn't do a rough draft to get to the final draft. And I'm sick of watching movies like that and being like, I'm supposed to have a complete feeling at the end because then I don't. So I felt incomplete watching the movie. I don't know if that makes sense. I just felt like it was unfinished. That makes total sense. Yeah. And I I would actually agree with you on that point. As far as the criticism, I guess I'm different from everybody else on the panel here. I thought that it was a little unfair in some articles that I saw ran. People were comparing this film to being worse than Batman versus Superman. And I didn't think it was that bad compared to that movie. Agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, that's not fair because I mean, nobody's mama was named Martha in this movie. Girl, I was about to bring up Martha. (laughs) (laughs) There was so many flawed things about Batman versus Superman. And also bat not to, you know, pivot this over to Batman versus Superman, but that movie, the performances were not compelling at all. X-Men, there were some really great performances. As I mentioned, I thought Oscar Isaac did a great job. Alexandra Shipp did a great job. And also the actor that played Nightcrawler, I loved him. So um, comparing it in that realm, I just think that that's very unfair. Um, And I think also a lot of people made it up in their minds what they thought X-Men was going to deliver um, before the movie even started. And when it turned out to, you know, in fact be as bad as they thought. People were just ready to just have at it and tear it apart. And aspects of that I just thought was a little unfair. Again, I guess because I came in with very, very, very low expectations, knowing this is a Bryan Singer film, knowing that he's been very consistent in marginalizing people of color and not being canon at all. Like he, it's almost as if he's never read the comics, which I think I heard somewhere that he's never picked up an X-Men book prior to doing these films. So it's clear that he doesn't have a grasp of the material. So having those expectations, that's what I walked in the theater to ready to see. And it did overperform some of my expectations. And I, I guess I just didn't walk away thinking this is the worst movie ever. And I get why people want to want this film to be better because we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is delivering these substantive stories that have these really cohesive plots. And we're seeing these actors with these great performances and we're seeing the characters dressed exactly the way they were in the comics and and the canon is so there. So they want that in the X-Men universe and in the Fox universe. But I don't know. I don't treat it that way. I don't, I don't like to compare one film to the next like that. I just, X-Men is in a whole universe of its own in that way. So um, I, I just wasn't as harsh as everybody else was when it came to the criticism. Yeah, it, it, it definitely needed some help, but it really wasn't the worst movie. I've, there's like at least 10 comic book films I can think of right now that are far worse than X-Men Apocalypse. Fantastic Four. <laughs> and I liked Fantastic Four, but oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> hard for me. I, and I, I know I'm, I'm in the minority on that one. Um, but I mean, I dare I say, I, I think that even some MCU films, um, like the Thor movies, I, I thought that X-Men is a lot more interesting um, than the first Thor movie, first two ones. Oh so Thor movies. Yeah, oh. they're just, they're just, I just think that they're bad. And Loki's the only reason why those yeah. films are watchable. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's going to be another nerd argument there. Elba. And yeah, and Hemdall, yeah. So, so, okay, so 
I want to skip over. Um, well, actually, let's add, let's bring up Alexandra Ship. Alexandra Ship. She plays the role of Storm, and this is the first time we've seen Storm played by another actress. Halle Berry was previously in the role. So, what were your thoughts about her performance? Did it hold up? I like Alexandra Ship. I, I I just really like her. I just wish that someone would write something for her that could show her range because I think she's so under she was so underutilized in this film and I think that the strength that she brought to the character um and you can see that she put in work into the you know the backstory of Storm and who she was and and how she spoke and how she carried herself how she used her powers before apocalypse showed up you you could see that and then there was nothing else there was like nothing else so she automatically comes under the control of this dude nah that's not that's i i just i really i like alexander she is a gifted girl but we're not even gonna talk about Aaliyah. i'm just saying the movie we're not gonna talk about that but i i i think she's so talented and she's a beautiful woman she's a beautiful young talent and i i really just want to see somebody give her something where she can show her range because this was not it yeah um i like i said before i i like her and i want to see her in more films uh but for me again you know uh, i think she did the best with what she had and to me um the subpar writing you know really just didn't highlight all of her strengths as an actress and they really didn't speak to all of Storm's strengths and the incredible character that she really is in the comics um, and they didn't bring any of that to life on the screen for me but you know I, I don't think that's necessary it's not her fault I mean she really did you know work well with what she was given uh, but I just need to see more from her uh, and again you know that's just going to take stellar writing and putting her in a role where they can really showcase all of her talents and abilities. I liked her as Storm. I'm not, I have nothing bad to say. And I've, I've seen some articles where people have had some negative things to say. Um, and I think it's, I mean, if they do, it's not her fault. It's, you really can't with what yeah. she's given yep. it's written that way. So, I mean, she did the best that she could. And I, like I said, I loved her accent. I had like, Serafina like flashbacks when she started talking and the way she was like pointing around I was like oh my word she could be in Serafina if they redid it like she's just amazing she's able to take on that that little I, I can't even really sassiness um, mm. but it was silenced and that's where I think it fell because she did her job as an actor as Storm but because the writers and the director silenced that character, um, like Ron said, she just picked up. It was not believable. She just picked up and went after this person. Like, I'm just going to follow you. You know, I just, it was unbelievable. So then it, it's not her, like I said, it's not her fault. The, the criticism towards her, I don't agree with. And I mean, like Kron said, we're not going to talk about Aaliyah because that's not her fault either. So it's not her fault, girl. We like you, girl. Don't don't <laughs> don't let that be a deterrent, girl. We love you, Alexandra. We do. Right. 
Yeah, I again with Storm and Alexandra Ship, I really appreciated the fact that they gave her an accent to use and that <laughs> you know, that Storm doesn't have this English accent that we've heard in the other films. Mm. Uh, or American accent. And then I, I thought she did a great job speaking, I think it's Arabic or, or Farsi or, you know, um, speaking that Egyptian Arabic. I, I thought she did a great job with that. Um, she, You're right. She did the best that she could with the work and the script that was given to her. And I definitely am disappointed that they didn't show more of, of Storm in the film because I, I really feel like people would be finally convinced that, you know what, going forward, this is our storm. And unfortunately, that just, it we didn't get that experience. And, and I totally get why people are still upset and even maybe critical of Alexandra because of the fact that she doesn't physically look like Storm and that there is a huge colorism problem happening in Hollywood. But given the fact that she's got this role, you know, she she's Storm, I felt very strongly that she did the best that she could with the work that was given. And one of the things that I really appreciated Alexandra telling us as a guest on this podcast is that she is open and she is supportive of anybody who steps into the role as Storm. So that was really great to hear that kind of feedback from her. One of the things that I had noticed on social media as well with respect to criticism is this term called side-swapping or also known as Mm. POC swapping. And what this means is whenever a character who is by canon, a character of color, but they are swapped out and played by another character of color that is not of that same descent. So this example would be for N. Sabaner, who is played by Oscar Isaac Apocalypse. And N. Sabaner is, he's Egyptian. Um, but Oscar Isaac is Guatemalan. So what are your thoughts about that? I think, um, okay, I'm going to say something that's probably not going to surprise y'all, but um, I'm good if a person of color is swapped for another person of color. I'm not good when a person of color or a character of color is swapped for a white person. I have issue with that. Um, yes, he's Guatemalan, um, but it would have been more authentic, but we really don't expect that. I, I really didn't expect that. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I appreciate that he was cast. What I don't appreciate is that we didn't see him the entire time. He was covered in, what was that, gray like a bluish gray. There was a like scene a in the, 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 the very beginning the we saw. Beginning. Yeah. yeah, we saw him. Yeah, we saw him in the beginning, but we didn't really see him. I thought his performance was outstanding, though. I really do think his performance was great. But as far as this whole swapping thing, I don't expect that kind of authenticity in casting. I would like to. I want to see some authenticity in casting. But just as we saw with the debacle with Hamilton, with the casting call, Mm. when they made the casting call for people of, for non-white people of color, um, here you go with the non-existent reverse racism. You know, we still have that foolishness to deal with. So it's kind of eat the fish and spit out the bones. You know, you get what you get. They're going to do what they're going to do. Brian Singer has a problem. And he needs to wake the fuck up. I just don't get it. He does not get it. We know he does not get it. 
He doesn't listen. And I don't think he cares. I really don't think he cares. And that's the problem. Because when we have people in the director's chairs that are a reflection of our society at large, which means we are included. All of us are included, not just the people, you know, you grew up with. Um, it's not an it's not an issue because that diversity is often reflected when it's reflected in the writer's room. It's reflected in the writing when it's reflected in a direct in a director's room. It's reflected on screen. That's where the problem lies. And that's what we have to fix. So um, first, let me just say, Karan, get out of my head. <laughs> like I just want to start there <laughs> because it's so true. Like I feel the same way in the sense that like I appreciate that they, you know, um, swapped him out for another person of color um, because, you know, at the end of the day, the, I guess that's the least that we could, could hope for in this situation. But to piggyback off of what Karan was saying, like, I honestly just feel like Brian Singer doesn't see it as an issue. So I feel like he doesn't see his casting choices as an issue. And because studio executives and studio heads keep greenlighting all of his films, that he doesn't even see a need to change mm -hmm. um, the way he does casting. And so for me, we can't expect in this franchise, especially with him being the director and being at the helm of these films, for that to change. And so, you know, um, again, at least at least he wasn't swiped out, uh, swapped out for a white person. I mean, thank goodness for that. But to get casting that's really true to the comics, let's be honest. I, I don't know when we'll see that to be to be quite. <laughs> To be quite honest, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest and say with Black Panther and Captain America Civil War, I was surprised that they even got it so right. Like, I was like, oh, wait, really? This is wonderful. Um, but did I think they were going to go a different direction initially when it was announced that, you know, Black Panther would be portrayed in Captain America Civil War? Absolutely. <laughs> so um, I think that my expectations at this point are, are pretty low for Brian Singer and his films. Uh, mostly because, as we could see in the film, throughout the entire film, um, the white actors had, what, the majority of the lines, the majority of the scenes. Um, they pretty much own the film in, in that regard. And I don't think that that's going to change. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not hopeful, to be quite honest. But again, at least they didn't swap them out for, for a white person. At least they swapped them out for another person of color. And it's unfortunate that I have to say that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, there's Hollywood has such a history of doing the side swapping. They did it with um, the Mummy series. Yep. So yes. They, you know, they're so used to that. So now it's just normal to them. So in their mind, it's, oh, well, at least, you know, we didn't put in a white person. Be grateful. Right. And it, I mean, it's it's condescending almost to the point where you're like, okay, well, at least they got what they, you know, they should be happy with what they got. We should be happy with what we were given when we, we were not wrong for expecting more of people. We're not wrong to expect more of Brian Singer. We're just wrong to know that we're never going to get it. Um, because he's going to keep doing what he wants to do because it's like, it's like expecting Michael Bay not to make mechanical noises in his movies. Gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, 
Like, it's all there's, and it's just a boys club right there that mm-hmm. they kind of they all make these decisions, and when one gets away with it, the others are all gonna do it and follow suit. But because everyone, because they put in POC actors, like um, the guy who was in Mummy, he was Israeli, he wasn't Egyptian. But okay, we put an Israeli in the movie, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's the thinking with, you know, in casting, you know, Oscar Isaacs in that role. Um, it, it's, it's, to a point, it does get disrespectful to people. And I, I can see why there is a little bit of anger. Um, because people want to see themselves represented. That's what they want. Why is that? I I really want to ask director. Why is that such a bad thing to you, to for someone to want to be represented and see themselves on the screen? So I can understand the frustration that it was not an Egyptian actor, but like I said, it, and kind of we have to take it what for what it is. Like what KB said, at least we had him swapped out with a person of color because best believe. I would have gone up in that movie theater like Dave Chappelle headed to the player haters ball. Hate, 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 hate everything. If it had been a white person. (laughs) Yeah. I, I didn't become privy to this until someone pointed it out to me. And these are things that I'm trying to work to be more sensitive towards because I was just like everybody else. Well, yay. We got a person of color playing apocalypse. This is awesome. But when it was pointed out to me that it really should have been an Egyptian actor and and not um, Oscar Isaac, it made me think to why spaces like Black Girl Nerds exist and why we carve out these niche spaces to be represented. I mean, you nailed it right there, Kayla, when you said we want to see ourselves reflected. And I don't see a whole lot of roles out there for Egyptian actors. I just don't. Or any actors of North African descent. Like, I just don't see those kinds of roles being offered unless it's like a stereotype. You know, they're playing a te- terrorist or something. Like, it's it's ridiculous to see the kind of roles that are offered. Um, that's why I'm so happy for Rami Malek and Mr. Robot. So I, it, it does bother me that even though, yes, we have a p- person of color, we, we really should accurately reflect the ethnicity of the character um, as the role requires and not just put someone there just to appease any sort of feedback where you're going to get some sort of antagonism from uh, critics or fans uh, because you didn't put a person of color there. And and now that that's been brought to my attention, I'm, I'm just glad that that's on my radar because I think it is problematic that they didn't have an Egyptian actor play Apocalypse. And just as we get upset about the fact that a light-skinned Black actress is playing Storm and the issues of colorism within our community, I think that this is probably also very disconcerting for people that are of specific descents that are incredibly marginalized to not be represented. Even though there's a person of color in that role, they, they should be able to see themselves reflected. So I'm just glad that that was pointed out to me. Lexi Alexander was actually the one that tweeted to me about that and she's a great filmmaker and she is such an ally for so many people of color so I just want to thank you Lexi because it it really just didn't dawn on me until that was brought to my attention and and folks their their feet definitely need to be held to the fire 
um, when it comes to that. And we shouldn't just accept it just because, well, it's a person of color, so at least they're not white. Like, I, I just feel like we should be a little bit stronger in our allyship to other um, POCs when it comes to that. So thank you, Lexi. Shout out to you. So, okay, my final question, because I want to wrap this up. What were your thoughts about the post credit scene? There's a scene at the end of the credits that appears where we see Essex Corporation on a suitcase, um, which gives us a lot of Easter eggs. Thoughts? Do you think we're going to have an X-Force film coming out soon? I thought it was useless. There was no context for it. Um, <laughs> by that time, I was oh bored. God. I was really just waiting for the uh, for the 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 unknowings to leave the theater because I knew there would be something more after the credits and I was underwhelmed. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> Love you, mean it. <laughs> well, um, I think was it was I reading somewhere that they were kind of using this as an Easter egg to say to kind of give um shed light I guess on who's gonna be the villain in Wolverine, I think is what I read in the mm-hmm. next movie film. So mm-hmm. um I mean thanks for that. But I, I feel like for Ron, <laughs> like by the end by the end of the movie I was so underwhelmed that I was like, Woo, can't wait to leave and um, you know, so at that point I was like, Oh, Essex Corp, great but um I was like, you know what, let me do some additional digging and yeah, I think I think I read somewhere that, you know, it's gonna be um Nathan Essex is going to be potentially the next, you know, the villain in the Wolverine films, which I guess if I would have seen more of Wolverine besides that creepy scene, as Kayla mentioned earlier, where he's like crushing on Jean, but she's about 12 years old. Um, maybe I would have <laughs> more invested. I don't know. But um, I guess we'll see. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to give up on the X-Men franchise after this film i hate to say that but i really feel like i might until they get a new director and they go a new direction and they revamp it again which we know that they will so it was so underwhelming and i kind of cracked up the people that stayed behind at my theater because i said they can stop trying to make fetch happen because it's just not gonna happen (laughs) And I was upset because how dare you try and come for my X-Force? No. <laughs> like, no, you don't touch my things. That's I, that's how I'm at with this point. Like, I want to, they're like a child trying to touch things. And I want to pop their hand right now. <laughs> you leave things alone that are fine. You finish your stupid Wolverine series because everybody is done. I love Hugh Jackman, but I would much rather watch Hugh Jackman singing in Oklahoma than I would watch him in a Wolverine movie right now. And that's where I'm at. (laughs) You know, for me, I'm not done with X-Men, I guess because I grew up on X-Men. I mean, that was like the first comic that X-Men is actually what got me into comics um, by way of Storm specifically. And then I was a big fan of the 90s animated series on Fox. So I'm always going to see an X-Men film. I I just hope that one day they will get it right. I'm not like a lot of folks out here. They're like, boycott X-Men. And, you know, these films are like, there are people that just won't see X-Men movies anymore. I don't think that that they're that terrible to where they're not worth watching. But that's just me. And I'm probably a little bit biased in that sense. But, um... I, I, I do plan on seeing, you know, future X-Men stories to come. 
Um, as far as like that post credit, it's very interesting because as as you mentioned, KB, um, you know, Nathaniel Essex, he's also known as Mr. Sinister. He's actually like one of my favorite um, X-Men villains and he's responsible for creating Cable. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that merges with Deadpool because we know that in the sequel, we're going to see Cable to Deadpool. So I, I'm very curious to see how they're going to weave him in. And I did not know that about Wolverine, that Mr. Sinister would be a villain in, in that. That is one movie that I probably might not see is the Wolverine films, because they're that terrible. Mm. Um, but the X-Men as a team, uh, I'll probably see those those films in the future. It, it, it wasn't like, it definitely wasn't an MCU post-credit scene where I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. But, you know, I'm I'm just like, I, I really wish that we could have seen a whole lot more. And as far as like Wolverine's concerned in this film, meh, I could do without Wolverine. <laughs> He's really not that compelling of a character for me anymore because they just saturate every single film with him. And then they showed an image of him today on set, uh, Hugh Jackman, and he's aged, so they're probably going to go with the old man Logan storyline, and I'm just like, eh, meh, I, 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 Wolverine is not that interesting. I, I was curious to know as well, wh- what happened to Dazzler? Because there was Ooh. an image leaked out of Dazzler and, and featured on an album cover in a record store with uh, Scott and Gene, and I guess that got cut out of the, the movie, because I didn't see that. Maybe Dazzler was one of the ones that were rescued by Quicksilver. Maybe he was the one that hit the pillow. It would have been nice for them to reference that that was Dazzler. I don't. It would have been nice for them to <laughs> reference anything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's just I, I bring Dazzler up to say there's so many more X-Men than just mm-hmm. Wolverine. Yes. That, that's just yes. what I really wanted to hit the nail on the head about. Overall, scale to one to ten, thoughts of X-Men Apocalypse? Do I have to? Um, okay. Is it off the scale? <laughs> no. From from on a scale of one to ten, I would give it a six. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't awful. It wasn't a bad movie. I just need to see them move it forward. They have not moved this story forward. I don't care how excuse me, I don't care how fucking far back they go in time. It's time to move it forward. Yes. And even going back in time, they're not moving it forward. It's like, come well, on. They, that's the problem. They don't know what they're doing as far as the time goes. The time jumps are so disorganized and discombobulated. And ridiculous. They, they, they can't even keep up with the the makeup canon that they're creating in the the cinematic version. So we, we need some fresh eyes, some fresh minds, and some fresh meat. Um, get Tim Miller. Period. Okay. Yes. Get him on that. Get him on it. <laughs> uh, one to ten scale, KB. Uh, I'm gonna go with a five. And Kayla. Uh, I'm gonna give it a six because it's not horrible. There are way worse comic book movies out there. Yes, there are. So I can't say that it was the worst because I didn't. I, I would have to leave in absolute disgust like to have given it anything lower than a six, but then to give it a six means I wanted a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I should, I already came into it with lower expectations. I probably should have just lowered them all the way to the ground. I should have had Kim Kardashian (laughs) expectations that I'm telling you, people just need to lower their expectations when they walk in the theater and they won't be that disappointed. I promise you. (laughs) 
point. You really won't. Um, I give it a six and a half. I mean, I it, it had its moments, but overall, it was a solid movie. I, I enjoyed it. Was it worth the price of admission? Eh, probably not, but it, it wasn't the worst film ever at all. And Batman vs. Superman, I think, was way worse than, than this film. That's my thoughts. So thank you, ladies, so much for coming on and talking about X-Men Apocalypse. I think this is a really great, fully fleshed out, thorough discussion. I, I really loved everybody's talking points. And um, yeah, if you have not seen X-Men Apocalypse... Wait. <laughs> Bootleg it, maybe? I don't know. You we, we don't wide open for that one. <laughs> we don't condone piracy on this podcast. Um, but, yeah, you make up your mind whether or not you want to see it. Because a lot of folks have come in either, you know, enjoying it or they absolutely hate it. So you make up your mind. But these are our opinions. So thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. Thank you.